0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1099 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And today's episode of Locked on Hawks podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. Probably serving the community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Today's podcast will be myself and Sarah Spencer of the AJC, who is kind enough to give me about 45 minutes of her time in advance of the season, because the Hawks open on Thursday evening against the Dallas Mavericks at home, and we'll have plenty on that game when I talk to Sarah in a moment. But a few final predictions before I bring Sarah in in advance of the season. I'll save my team record stuff for last on the podcast today. Um, I do not think I'm going to go as far as to pick any Hawk to win an individual award, but I do think that Gallinari and Herter have some past six-man conversations. I think Hunter has a pretty clear path to most approved player conversations, and I think Troy Young will be an all-star. I would pick him for All-NBA, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if the Hawks got a second All-Star somewhere along the line. I think John Collins is the most likely candidate to do that. I also think Trey isn't like super likely to win, but I think he does have a pretty interesting path to MVP this year. And I think he's actually not been talked about enough as a candidate because of the path the Hawks have to being very, very good and Trey's counting stats and how good Trey already is. But online, our friends there have Trey Young at plus 2,200. That's 22-1 to to win MVP as I I record this on Wednesday. And that seems a little bit low to me, just a touch low, Uh, 12th best odds. I think Trey, if the Hawks were to win somewhere in the high 50s, would have a real chance to win MVP. So uh, I think that's pretty decent value for trying to uh, put in a little bit of money on a long shot. Um, Alas, on the team side, my official prediction on this podcast is going to be 51 and 31 for the Hawks this year. That's a little bit higher, actually, than I was a couple weeks ago when I talked to Nate Duncan and other people on different podcasts, but... I have the Hawks third in the East. I have them picked behind the Nets and Bucks in some order. I think they have a pretty good chance though to crack the top two. That can stay healthy and take advantage of their depth and talent. Just as a reminder, some of the some of the projection systems or um, all that stuff heading into the season. Um, the over under at Bet Online is forty seven and a half wins. So I'm solidly over that. Um, they're actually a slight underdog to the Heat in the division at Bet Online. I would definitely take the Hawks to win the division if uh, I were choosing. Um, Elsewhere, uh, ESPN's forecast has them at 47 wins, 538 has 51 wins. Sportsline, uh, where I do some work for CBS Sports, as 51 wins as well. Team rankings, 47 wins. Uh, line has them at 40 to win, sorry, 40 to one to win the to win the NBA title, 18 to one to win the East. Those are both a little bit low to me, particularly the Eastern Conference bet. And I, I think the Hawks win the East more than the like six percent of the time that you would need to actually have some value on that bet. Regardless, though. I think my general thought, and the last thing I'll say before I bring in Sarah on the podcast today, is I think the Hawks are generally undervalued right now, nationally. It's a little bit surprising after their run last year, but at the same time, Atlanta's always been a little bit overlooked. I remember when they were um, in the heat of their run with Mike Budenholzer. Uh, Before that season, I thought they were very much underrated. The following season, they were still pretty good and underrated. Just not really talked about a ton. It's a little bit different now with Trey Young. They actually have that you know, front-facing star. Trey's been making uh, lots of appearances and things that Hawks are usually not included in, which is good for the branding of the team and also for him. Um, with that said, I think people locally have kind of caught on to how good the Hawks potentially could be this year. I know Hawks fans are definitely picking, picking them to win the East or finish second or anything like that. But I think Atlanta is underrated right now at the moment, and I'm picking them to, to go solidly over their win total. Um, as I talked about with Robbie Cowan on the over-under podcast, I think that's one of my best bets this year. So the same thing today, Duncan, on that on that general NBA show that he does, I think the Hawks over is a pretty solid bet at 46 and a half, 47, 47 and a half, wherever you happen to get that. I think they're going to go over that and I'm going to have them picked third in the East and to win the Southeast ahead of Miami, Charlotte, Washington, etc. So a pretty interesting season, uh, unfolding for sure. If you're a new listener to the podcast, my general plan on this show every week is to have four or five episodes. Occasionally, I'll have even more than that. This week, I'm actually going to have at least six because uh, this is already episode um, four of the week. No, this is episode five of the week as I'm recording this right now. The sixth episode of the week will be after the game on Thursday, and then we'll get into the weekend where the Hawks play again on Saturday. So, plenty of content coming. Please subscribe to this show. It is usually hosted by myself solo. It is my podcast, but I do have guests on pretty regularly, whether it be Sarah Spencer, who's on the show today. Um, The guys from Peachtree Hoops, where I used to uh, do some work. Uh, Maybe even could bribe Kevin Schnarr to come on this podcast from Hawks.com and other places. Robbie Kellum recently joined me. I'll have some NBA draft stuff along the way. Uh, Not quite the same focus right now because the Hawks are very good, but still a, a passion of mine that I'll talk about throughout the season. So Wall-to-wall hawks coverage four or five times a week the entire way. Even in the off season, we're very, very busy on this podcast. And hopefully you will elect to join us by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. And we should have a lot of fun this season. All right, before I turn it over to myself and Sarah, it were from our sponsors on the podcast today. This episode of the Locked on Hawks podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, and McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to just get tasty and affordable food. It is much more than that, in fact. It's a place where friends and family can come reconnect. It's a place where classmates can come meet for a study group, knowing that they can depend on the Wi Fi and the endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. It's a place where teams and competitors and home teams and away teams Rivals and anybody in between come to recharge and it's a place where you can look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. McDonald's has been great for me for a very, very long time. I'm a fan of all kinds of things on the menu and A sneaky thing for a sports writer slash podcaster like myself is that the dependable Wi-Fi is a huge, huge bonus. I can sit there, I can eat great food, and also work at the same time. And I'm always on the go, so McDonald's being all over the place and very convenient and very tasty is a home run for me. With all that said, you can head to the local McDonald's right now to refuel and connect. And honestly, it might even be a great spot for a locked-on Hawks watch party. Check out McDonald's today. I'm loving it. I am joined now on the eve of the regular season by Sarah Spencer of the AJC, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm excited for some basketball to actually happen. Uh, You know, they've been playing uh, exhibitions. I, I always use the word exhibition to even soften preseason even more it just feels like exhibitions like more appropriate for how little those games actually matter most of the time um
1: yeah very but, very very minimal uh mattering of these games
0: <laughs> yes uh we're talking Wednesday night uh, so there actually was NBA basketball yesterday and more coming tonight but the Hawks are the uh I guess only the Clippers actually debut after the Hawks because the, the Clippers actually play their first game at 10 p.m on Thursday the Hawks and the Mavs play at 7 30. So before all that, I guess it was a good time to have you on. So thank you for joining me. Um, we'll, we'll dive into the Hawk stuff, of course, but I have to ask you about your off season because I haven't seen you in a while. Um, and didn't you get married in the off season too? I think you were busy. Yes,
1: I did just very tiny little life event there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the off season was wonderful. It, it did feel like, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, Playoff run last year was uh, last year. I always say last year, but I guess <laughs> same calendar year last season uh, the playoff run was was really intense. And it was exciting. There's a lot of energy surrounding the team. Um, it was also really hectic because when it got time for uh, the Eastern Conference finals in Milwaukee, I was traveling back and forth. Um, that was actually the first time we were allowed to do anything in person really in so long. Um, so that was like really crazy. And then it went from that to basically just a little bit of time to get ready for, you know, the wedding. Um, and then we got married and that was awesome and just, just wonderful. And then, um, thankfully after that, it was kind of almost like everything logistically sort of came to a screeching halt, uh, in a good way. And, we were able to sort of just enjoy some time together and everything really calmed down after it was like insane 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 and then very calm uh so that was that was wonderful um we've still got our little puppy who's now six months old and she's bouncing off the walls for better or for worse. Um,
0: the the, the so star of your social was, media. I can tell you that right yeah,
1: now. Yeah, No one cares about like, you do not come to my social media for anything involving me. It is all about Millie <laughs> or the Hawks. Millie, the Hawks, and I'm like a distant third. I don't even know if I cracked the top five. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was an awesome off season. Just, just wonderful. Um, now I'm so, so now I'm you know kind of a, kind of still a newlywed and, but now things are starting to to amp or ramp back up um, with the season upon us and I'll be traveling this season and in person so I feel like I almost forgot how to travel like I'm like what what is an expense report what is a plane ticket Um, because you know you just didn't do that kind of thing for work for so long Um, but now I'm getting back in the habit of it but no the off season was was wonderful and now it's kind of Nose to the grindstone time again
0: yeah it is I'm I'm always kind of a robot uh, on sports stuff so I wanted to make sure that I, I did act like a human being and ask you about your very uh very eventful off season because uh you know it's 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 big stuff I, my off season was very boring and I just like still talked about basketball and like I, I made one trip I went to Vegas for summer league yeah,
1: we did see each other at summer uh, league I forgot to mention I, that. I,
0: I did see you there but um mm-hmm. yeah other than that it was pretty uh, pretty boring but we're we're back and it, it was a short off season, um, which is a good thing if you are a Hawks fan because the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks were playing late into the season. Um, I, I think they've they kind of all mentioned that at some point, like, all right, it's good that we had a short off season because we, I means we were playing forever, but we still had a short off season. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder how that might affect things. I, I doubt it too too much, but it is a reminder. I keep telling myself this. I'm sure you already know because you're planning your travel stuff. But they have to play 82 games this year, and they haven't played 82 games uh in two plus seasons. They've had two short seasons in a row and weird scheduling and they had that super long break for the bubble. And mm-hmm. it's a different team now, but a lot of these guys were around and then last year was kind of a sprint. So I'm reminding myself almost like this is gonna be a, a true marathon again with a relatively normal schedule. And I don't know what that means, but Nate McMillan is not the kind of guy, I don't think in my experience uh, elsewhere and with Atlanta that's gonna like really kind of take it easy he's definitely a uh, more of a, a, a pedal to the floor kind of coach in mm-hmm. my experience so that'll be interesting to see how that's uh, how this all goes
1: I know it feels like we're getting back to I feel like last season and this season were difficult in very different ways so last season was difficult because it was a very compressed schedule um, a lot of guys kind of thought Maybe that played into just some injuries. I mean, it was just tough just logistically for them as well, because let's say you get home really, really late from a road game, uh, from a road trip, and then you got to wake up the next morning to COVID test. Um, The Hawks are fully vaccinated, so they won't really have to do that as much this season. Um, So you had a compressed schedule, uh, but you were playing 72 games. This season, some of that scheduling stuff is going to be easier on them, you're back to a full 82 and I mean if you look at their first month they are like constantly on the road um which means I'm constantly on the road uh but so that I kind of like noticed that when I was booking all my all my stuff I was like holy cow I will see y'all in December yeah. I guess you'll be, be going um, a lot.
0: I noticed that too they're they're very uh they have they have of course the two west coast trips during this course of the year one of them's pretty early that's one of the trips I think you have to make and then mm-hmm. yeah they're kind of all over the place which I guess it's good to have sort of backload your home games but if you're not mm-hmm. used to this and you're jumping back in the, the deep end I suppose here
1: yeah and they also obviously got less of a break but you you want to have less of a break because like you said that means you're winning. But it also was a little bit difficult because the Hawks, obviously last year, just could never get healthy. No, um, and some of that kind of followed them into the preseason a little bit because maybe, maybe because it was a, a shorter break. Who knows? Injury stuff is is finicky and, and tricky like that. Um, so they had a few guys kind of banged up through the preseason. Um, But now, it seems like they're finally, for the most part, uh, hopefully getting healthy at at the right time, and I think it's going to be an exciting season. I mean, it it feels good to be uh, semi-normal. I mean, I'm not the one who has to actually go suit up and play 82 (laughs) games, but from my perspective, um, it feels good to be back in person, Um, for the most part and able to you feel more embedded with the team this season around so I guess from a media perspective I'm just excited to be able to kind of get that inside look at the team and um, you know you're able to humanize the team a little bit more you're able to to witness fun snippets and just little moments that you otherwise miss out on and um I don't know I'm just I'm excited about the increased access and just I, I think the overall season I'm just excited to kind of get back to a, a little bit of normalcy
0: for sure uh I heard you on my arch nemesis uh podcast of Kevin Chenard at ATL 29 Ugh, that guy, yesterday uh, yeah I, no, Kevin and I have this uh, have this always fun rivalry but uh the reason I said that is because you mentioned to him and I sort of found myself nodding that you had never shaken Nate McMillan's hand until like very recently. Yeah.
1: So when I was, (laughs) when I was, um, so last season and you know what, I actually got to do it before a lot of other people simply because I was at the practice facility once they started allowing one-on-ones, but like distanced and definitely a lot more, uh, hoops you had to jump through than um, than you do now. Um, i actually was there to interview Anyeka Kongwu for a story i was writing on him and Nate happened to be there at the same time so i'm kind of like physically running into him and i'm like oh hey um and so it actually happened for me a little bit sooner than than maybe others and then i think uh, i think a lot of folks maybe i think a lot of folks unfortunately weren't, weren't able to to meet you know the coach you're covering until like milwaukee and yeah. Nate took over in March <laughs>
0: I mean, there were so, there, there were players on a team that came and went last season without even really meeting like people that they would normally meet. I mean, I, I got to cover Lou Williams the first time around, but he I mm-hmm. haven't I haven't been in the same room as Lou Williams since he came back. And like Bogey and Bogey and Gallo just like came and, you know, for the first several months they were here. They were not, you know, in front of the media. They were in. They were on a Zoom screen. It's it's all just a very strange. It's even more strange for you. This is this is what you do every day. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's very bizarre. But I'm glad you get to no, do it more. Normally. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's weird for no, it's weird for everybody. But it was kind of fun. It, it was really fun. It really struck me when we were in Milwaukee and a handful of us were able to be there in person, and all the players were like really welcoming about it. they were like hey like it's really good to see you guys like hey like welcome back hey oh wow they're they're letting y'all in you know I don't know I I I didn't know what to expect there I guess maybe I expected kind of kind of nothing just kind of like going right into questions or whatever um but they were really welcoming and and nice about it and I was like I it almost made me a little bit like I don't know if I was just like being a little softy but I it almost made me a little (laughs) bit emotional just being like yes like I'm happy to be here too
0: like, we, 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 all, we all went through a lot there's no question uh and that that includes that I mean uh, I, I think I think you mentioned it to Kevin too but I'm guilty of this you never think about it from from the other side and they're looking at a I mean we, we get to see media people on a zoom screen uh that time but they, they just like are sitting there in a room either with themselves or a PR person and answering like from all sides and they're not being able to see anybody and all that stuff. So. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, I do want to ask you about sort of the vibe. We kind of, you kind of get into it, but sort of the vibe around the team, you know, clearly they're on, they're kind of on a mission this year, having made their run last year and nobody's satisfied. They've said that a bunch, but do you have a feel for like how they're operating, how they're feeling at this point? Because yeah, it's a marathon season, but this is also, you know, they, they look around and the guys who are who were here last year that made this all happen, they're all back and Nate's back. And uh, it's not that new feeling, but it's a situation where they seem pretty confident to me.
1: Yeah, I think they're feeling pretty darn good about the continuity that they've got on this roster, especially guys who have been here for a few years. So like the guys who predate Clint, but are kind of core guys. So whether that's Trey, John Collins, Kevin Herter, um, even like some of the younger ones, like Deandre Hunter. I I mean, some of those guys, I I think they got really, I actually talked to John about this. Um, John and Kevin about this today, they got very, very used to change and just a lot of roster turnover. And, And Kevin has said this in the past a few times, like when you're rebuilding, obviously, you know, you're sometimes you're taking on like, contracts, you're, you're kind of trying to acquire assets. Like there are obviously guys on the roster who, you know, are not going to be there long-term. And that kind of creates an interesting situation when it comes to just buy-in, I think, because, you know, this is not kind of the, the long-term product and or plan. Um, and so, so I think that they're feeling pretty good about having, so much continuity back. I mean, you top nine scores from last year back, um, you're extending or, uh, guys are getting contract extensions or big deals, um, that are, you know, kind of the, the front office kind of showing that these are the guys we want around for years to come. Um, that happened to Clint, that happened to John, that just happened to Kevin, obviously Trey. Uh, so I think there's a lot of confidence. I think kind of the Kevin, <laughs> Kevin worded it as like, they kind of, Ownership in the front office kind of put their money where their mouth was as far as expressing yeah. confidence in this group. They like this group. It's it's very clear that they like this group. Obviously, this group made the Eastern Conference Finals and won two games in it and did a lot considering how injured they were. Um, they really thrived under Nate. I think Nate was just kind of what this group needed. So the chemistry and everything there was great. So I think the Hawks – weren't trying to shake up too much they were just trying to tweak a few things here or there and i think the guys are happy with this group and i think they're i think they're very confident i mean at the same time even good teams don't make the eastern conference finals every single season it's hard to get there things have to go your way a little bit you have to stay healthy there's a lot of variables out there so the hawks could even be better than they were last year and maybe not make the Eastern Conference, you know, like maybe not get that far. That's, that's a hard thing. You got to be even better than you were last year, because think of how much, think of how much everyone can scout you now, you know, it's basically the same team and you just played all these teams so well in the playoffs. So I think it's a bigger challenge. Uh, You're not going to have Luca resting, (laughs) you know, uh, when, when the Mavs come to Atlanta. You're not going to have star players sitting out when teams come to Atlanta anymore, at least most likely. So I think it's going to be a bigger mental challenge for this group this year, but I think they're also more equipped for it. So I think that's going to make a really, I I think it's going to make for a really interesting fun season because they're going to have to be really, really consistent, but they also are much more familiar with each other this year. They've made one, one roster tweak or two that I really like, um including adding DeLon Wright into the mix that I think could really help them um and obviously health is always kind of a question with this group but if they can stay healthy I think this group has a a ton of potential um but obviously there's a there's a lot of variables there and and it's a long season
0: yeah one thing that jumped out at me before I ask you some basketball questions which which I will do uh that struck me from even media day almost especially media day and beyond is just how how to a man especially the veterans, but really everybody has kind of talked about how they know it's going to be different this time around because they're mm-hmm. not a challenger anymore. They're a team that everyone kind of knows is going to be good, and mm-hmm. uh, that's just different. And the vet, you can could, you could hear it in guys like Lou and Gallinari and even Bogey, who was not on a, the Greatest Kings team but was uh, obviously on a high-end team uh, overseas, and Capella. These guys have been this before, and a lot of the young guys, you know, it's, it's just a little bit different to now be a team that is expected to win most nights. And that may not sound like a huge deal, but I mean, I, I'm sure you noticed it too. It felt like everyone has noted that change and how they're going to be approached.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, a bigger mental challenge. Like you said, you have guys who are veterans who are very familiar with that. And then you have young guys who aren't as familiar with that because their first few years with the Hawks, the team was rebuilding and and not winning. And then you completely transform from kind of March through the playoffs. And so there is kind of that question mark of how do you handle this? Um, uh, As much as you can kind of think about it and talk about it, you have to go out there and play against teams who are kind of gunning for you more, which has not been their experience in the past. So I think how, uh, how players handle that is going to be is gonna be really key this season, but I think they also got a taste of it in the postseason. It's not like anyone's gonna take it easy on you in the postseason, you know? Um
0: no. <laughs> so I think they
1: I think they got a taste of it um against, you know, New York, Philly, uh, Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and that's kind of when some veteran presence comes in and is very helpful. To be honest, I also think that's when Nate is helpful as well, because as much as he has said stuff like, you know, we want that success to carry over. We want, uh, you know, we want to keep that enthusiasm high. We want to keep our, our chemistry high as much as he said stuff like that. Um, he and the rest of the group also had, has kind of echoed this. He said multiple times that like we're, we're starting from scratch here as far as this season. Now that's not like not true like in totality when you think of how many guys they're returning the experiences were were really valuable that that they got last year but they've got to prove it all over again that you you, you're you have to prove it all over again because as impressive as last year's run was and as much as it changes things like you still just got to go out there and do it and execute night in and night out and that's not an easy task like no matter how much that experience might help you um so I think it's like you know it's I just think it's going to be interesting to watch how this group handles this season.
0: For sure, and you both want to embrace last season, but also can't rely on it. I think it was bogey, if I remember right. It might have been to your question. He kind of got yeah. a question about about how they were you know, how they're going to build. It. He was like, "Last year didn't, doesn't matter anymore." Like just flatly, and it, was, it was a funny yeah. response, but it was also like that's kind of the mindset you have to have in some ways. I mean, it might not be that clear. But I thought that was uh, that was kind of striking to me too, as a guy who's seen some things around around all levels of basketball, and wasn't ready to hear it at that mo- <laughs> that moment in time. He was just ready to look look ahead to the future. Um, I right, know,
1: but- I know. Bogey was like cutting through my question very well. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying, I wasn't like meaning anything by it. I, I meant more like the chemistry and kind of like the roster carryover, um, which does, you know, in fact. Carryover, but I think he meant like you know specific. I think he thought I meant I was saying like specifically the success, and I was like, I was like, oh
0: no, just, continu- <laughs> just 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 continuity, Bogey. It's okay. We, we all know what we're, we're no, But okay.
1: but I mean, hey, he he made a good point. The last he has a way of just Bogey has a way of being so blunt in yeah. the nicest way. I was gonna it, say like, he's a no
0: nonsense guy for sure.
1: No, he's he's the nicest, most no nonsense guy though. He's just like he'll, he'll even say um he'll even add little things to his, the end of a sentence he'll be like well last season is over and done with that's it and i'm just like dang okay. that's correct
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um all right i'm gonna put you on the hot seat with some keys to the season and stuff in a second but first a word from our sponsors on the podcast today when it comes to athletes we tend to focus on the physical fitness aspect but there's another side of the equation that's just as important and that is mental fitness Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and Calm has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm both know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you do not have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Anybody can do it, and they can do it with Calm. Calm can help you train your brain to sleep, help you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like LeBron James. And for LeBron and many others, sleep is a critical part of the mental fitness routine. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on that is calm.com slash locked on for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories, meditations, and much more. You can be ready to challenge anything that life has to throw your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and many others in joining and using Calm and getting a 40% discount and a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock the content that can help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. One more time, that is calm.com slash locked on NBA. There are a few things in life that just are not any fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. It's not fun for anyone to sweat through their shirt for no reason. I'm sure we've all dealt with this at some point in time. While there are definitely bigger problems in the world, it can certainly feel like a big deal when it happens in the moment. And that's why you should check out Sweat block Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You can simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and then after you go to bed, the next morning you can wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying at all about sweat. Guaranteed. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. There is also, by the way, a dry shirt guarantee. And if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's manufactured in the USA. Sweatblock has a bestseller on Amazon and other places for the past decade. I know it might sound too good to be true, but it absolutely works. You can wear what you want to wear with confidence, and it really is an absolute must-have. If you or someone you know and love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock right now. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or check it out at a CVS near you right now. One more time, that is promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. All right, Sarah, I've said a lot on this podcast, both on this show before I brought you in with, with my sort of my final predictions and things that it's not your job. You're, you're a beat writer. You're not an analyst. I know the difference. People don't people don't always know the difference, but I I know the difference. But uh, you you do watch this team every single night, and uh, I wonder what you think of like a couple of like keys or pivot points that the season might be. Because you know everyone seems to be in the same mold that it seems to be good this year. I think everyone knows that. Even if even the national folks that are usually a little bit lower are pretty encouraged. You know Trey's kind of arrived as a superstar, all that stuff. But do you think one or two things that might you know swing this season? And, and by swing I mean like. 47 wins versus 52 wins or like first round win versus second round win that kind of stuff. Not not like but from bad to good but anything stick out to you that's like an actual you know pivot point this year?
1: Yeah so my first answer is a little bit boring and then I have two more fun ones. Um, So bear with me. Uh, My first answer is just I mean just for crying out loud staying healthy which unfortunately is out of their control for the most part. So I know that's not a fun answer, but it, I mean, it's just the, it's, it, true. it's just, the, yeah, it's just, just the truth of the matter that shockingly uh, the Hawks are at their best when their best guys are available. So um, when, you know, if, if Trey stays healthy, if John stays healthy, if Clint stays healthy um, Deandre Hunter bogey, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of those guys have, have battled injuries, like we said, like even coming into the preseason. So I think health is is the long and short of it with this team. Um so the, you know, outside of their control, but that's that's a huge part of it unfortunately. Um and they were able to overcome that last year until uh, you know, I mean, and who knows exactly how that Milwaukee series would have gone, but not having DeAndre Hunter and then Trey Young not remotely being at his health um because he had that bad bone bruise in in his foot um that certainly didn't help matters and that put them in a in a tough position. So it's kind of like they were able to overcome injuries all all season long under Nate until unfortunately kind of the biggest stage there. Um so it's it's tough. Sometimes that's that's how your season goes. Um so yeah, uh, health is number one. Um second off, I actually am gonna say it's just like a one player one player key here, but I actually think just simply DeAndre Hunter is a big, big, big key for this team. Uh, Again, that ties into health, but I think a lot of kind of maybe not like, I don't, not like problems, but a couple uh, questions or things that could make the Hawks better, I think are already on the roster and it lies in Deandre Hunter, but is he going to stay healthy and, you know, continue the trajectory he was on in his second season last year? where i honestly thought i don't know what you were thinking i honestly thought he was showing some star potential yeah. um and particularly because of how how versatile he is he's got good size and i really i really like his defense but also obviously a, a good shooter and and can, was really kind of just taking guys off the dribble um creating getting to his own shot And then this preseason, I thought he took a step forward. I thought I was seeing shades of him improving his passing as well. Not to say he was like a a bad passer before, but I just thought that was even, that stood out to me as something I was impressed by um, in this preseason when he was out there. So I actually think DeAndre Hunter is a huge key for this team. And I think that he can help them in a number of ways. If he can stay healthy, so that that's kind of a that's a big one, and then another one that ties into DeAndre Hunter is just defense. I do think this team needs to take a pretty big step forward on defense. I think that last season they started to do that. I mean, they obviously they took a gigantic leap with Clint. Like that's kind of obvious. Um, he transformed it, but I think Clint had a lot on his plate. And I think that if you have a healthy DeAndre Hunter and also a healthy Cam Ruddish coming off the bench, and then in addition, Kevin Herter took a step forward on defense. You've also got DeLon Wright, who's a good defender uh, coming off the bench, I think, and obviously John Collins and uh, Clint pair well together. So I think all of that together could spell some, some defensive improvement for the Hawks. And, and I do think that's necessary for them. So so that's a lot, um, but those are, I think, some <laughs> keys to the season. Um, if anyone made it through that whole explanation and is still listening, those are some of my keys to the season.
0: <laughs> Listen, the, the people listening to this podcast are used to me rambling by myself most of the time, so I, I'm sure they are conditioned to, uh, to uh, <laughs> hearing all kinds of things in in in, in that format. But no, I, I think you're, I think you're right on it on across the board. Honestly, I mean, it felt like I was yelling into uh i'm not even sure like like a glass case of emotion last year about about the about the injuries but you you knew and people locally paid attention obviously you know hawks fans definitely kept an eye on this but it did not seem like there was enough recognition of how banged up they were and i think it's because Mm -hmm. trey was healthy and Mm -hmm. you know john and john was healthy um and yes, that definitely helps, and you want those guys to be healthy. But they were truly battered on the wing, pretty much all season long, and it really didn't get a lot of notice. I mean, I guess on the bright side, Kevin Hurst stayed healthy, but between Bogey being out for so long and Gallimus and Time, and then of course Hunter and Reddish, you know Solomon Hill, I love, but he played he played more than he's supposed to play, and mm-hmm. uh, they you know Tony Snell, all that stuff. So that that's that's definitely a huge key, and I'm with you 100 on Hunter. I, I've kind of talked about this a little bit, but. I think he is the – if you are of the mind that the Hawks could be the one seed or the Hawks can make the finals, I think the, the the biggest swing piece toward that, if you're picking one player, is not Trey, is not John. You, you have to have Trey be awesome for sure. But if Hunter is the guy that he was the first two months of last season before he went down, that gives you something that you, you, you just didn't have last year. And mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a big swing point. I think that's very obvious in some ways, but also – you know, people are picking him for most improved player. And if he can stay healthy, you know, I've always liked him a lot. But even I was at least mildly surprised by the offensive side early last season. Like, he really took a very large leap in a short period of time. And if that's replicable, like, this team is fairly scary, I think.
1: Yeah, he makes you so much more dynamic. Um, when he was healthy and thriving last season, um, he, he just makes – the, on both sides of the ball, they were just so much more dynamic because he can do so much for you defensively, but then offensively, if you have Trey, who's obviously going to be setting up guys left and right, but then you have DeAndre Hunter who can kind of, kind of get to his own shot here and there, but obviously he's, um, obviously it's not like Trey. I mean, you still got Trey doing what he does, but I just think having DeAndre be able to to get to his own shot, set up other guys, um, score at all three levels uh, is really key too. And I think that you're obvious. teams are obviously going to be gunning for Trey. I mean, they already do, but <laughs> they already did. Um, but teams are obviously always going to be gunning for Trey Young for obvious reasons. So that opens up other areas on the floor. And I think DeAndre is a guy who could really take advantage of that. And and I agree. I mean, you kind of, you know, you know, that Trey is going to give you all of the things that he gives you. Um, You've seen what Clint can give you. You've seen what John Collins can give you. You've seen what a lot of guys on the team can give you. You've seen a glimpse of what DeAndre Hunter can give you. But if we're talking about variables and what could be the difference, what could, what could be introduced and really kind of elevate the Elevate the Hawks to the to another level. I think DeAndre Hunter is the name you've got to throw out there because of what he can do on both sides of the ball if he can stay healthy. Um, I think you I think his game is maturing a lot, but we haven't been able to see it to the extent that I think it might have happened. You know, like (laughs) you saw it. You saw it some last season, but injury just kind of hampered it you know
0: yeah absolutely and you know defensively he unlocks a lot for them you know both both hunter and reddish are uh notably different and better defenders than what they had on the wing last year as well and that's i, I agree with your second point getting into your third point earlier you know defensively when clint played last year they were very good uh the issue was when clint wasn't playing and he can't play 48 minutes a game so right. they have to be better with you know it'd be, it'd be awesome if they were even better with him on the court too but my my big thing on, on defense is being able to piece together league average defense when Clint is off the court would be huge. Because if that happens, then you're probably like a top 10 or 12 defense in the league because of how good they have been with Clint on the court. So that combination, I think, is pretty big. Because the offense, you know, you can debate how how good it will be, but I think everyone knows that essentially Trey being on the floor makes your offense good, particularly when you're surrounded by guys like John and shooting. And they were good on offense last year. So not really concerned too much about that in the floor. I mean, I guess that kind of bridges into my uh, my second to last question to you, and I'll, I'll let you get out of here. I appreciate all the time. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of just how good you think they'll be. I'm not going to make you make a prediction, but uh, is this a team that, you know, can actually be, you know, top 10 of both ends of the floor? And usually when people are talking about title contenders, short of a team that's like the best offense of all time you pretty much have to be really good on both ends of the floor to -hmm. actually get in that conversation is this the team that can do that i mean how how good are they in your mind
1: well to reach the level you're talking about i mean you particularly have to be top 10 in defense like that's pretty much steady the throughout all the teams that are you know making it to the finals um you've got to be better on defense um i i definitely think this team when healthy has the potential to contend in the east i think that their goal gm travis schlenk has talked about their goal one of their goals um besides getting into the playoffs and and making noise um one of their kind of their loftiest goal i guess that they're gonna say out loud is (laughs) uh, is um getting home court advantage in the playoffs which would be a top four seed um they didn't get it last year last season
0: because they 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 tied for it last season
1: (laughs) yeah uh they tied for it but then obviously you lose the tiebreaker to the Knicks because the Knicks swept the Hawks in the regular season um which wasn't the best indicator obviously of how Uh, of how those two teams actually matched up in the playoffs clearly. Um, So I think that, I think that that goal of getting, of being a top four seed, I I think that's doable. Now things are going to have to go right because I, again, I think they're going to have to be better to get it just as far, or I suppose in that case farther. So I think they're going to have to be better to get, to get to that point than they were last year. Um, but I do think it's doable if those things that we've talked about, if those go right, I think that's doable for sure. But, um, there's a lot of caveats there. Namely, can these guys stay healthy if they can, then I think that goal is, is doable. Um, and then, I think they're you know, built
0: well, just to add to that. I think they're built well for the regular season if they can still stay healthy because of how deep they are. I mean, we talked around it a little bit, but mm-hmm. a lot of the teams they're competing with are not as deep as they are. So mm-hmm. if, if you factor in, I mean, they're, on one hand, they're built well to endure some injuries if they happen, and they always will happen, mm-hmm. but it just can't be you know catastrophic like it was last year. when
1: Right. And, you know, that was something, going back to one of your earlier points, that was something that was almost kind of, like, I feel like I um, was talking about this a lot because I think there might have been kind of a, a narrative or an idea of Nate took over and the Hawks got healthy. Which didn't and that's, happen. Yeah. That's why they improved. <laughs> they got more injured. They got worse, basically. Um, I mean, John missed some games late. Trey missed some games late. Um, Trey getting hurt is why they lost that third game in the regular season to the Knicks um the only got... guy
0: that came i mean the only thing that was like maybe founded on that because i i agree with you it's not really true the only thing that i can make sense of is that i think bogey came back literally the day nate took over and played the rest of the season if i remember right it was either right then or maybe the next game and that's the but he's the only guy that really was different from the first half and because he had just come yes. back off that long that long injury but every you're right though I mean, the, the the notion that they just suddenly you know snapped their fingers and were healthy is uh not true.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, then they couldn't use DeAndre Hunter in the, in the, set, in the final two rounds of, of the playoffs. And then, uh, Bogey wasn't himself really in a lot of the playoffs because he was still having kind of some, uh, kind of some injury issues. So it was, it, it was really not that they all of a sudden got healthy. Um, it was, it was really just that they all of a sudden were clicking more so. Um, and I, again, I just think that Nate was a good fit for for this group. Um, oh yeah. But but yeah, I, I think I definitely think that this team, I definitely think this team has a, a ton of potential, and and I mean they're going to have the opportunity to to seize on it. It's just you know staying healthy, taking a step forward on defense, and um, you know I, I, I mean it is true that if if a few guys obviously you're not going to be completely healthy the whole season, and, and they do have the depth to, to fall back on, which can be an advantage because Kevin Herter being your, your first guy off the bench, Cam Ruddish right behind him, uh, DeLon Wright we haven't seen too much of in the preseason. He's been a little bit banged up, and I don't think we've been able to see exactly the fit yet with him, um, but I think that I think that that's a good move as well. Um, you'll have anyaka Kongu coming back in late December, January. So so depth can be an advantage as well, which might end up being a little bit of a cushion almost for this group. That might be something that they can lean on. Um, but it can also be – it can also sometimes, – sometimes you look at this roster and you're like, did the Hawks almost have too many guys? And that can almost be tough because guys aren't going to get as many minutes as – they probably want and that's why Nate talks so much about sacrifice and if it leads to wins I think that wins can kind of forgive and forget a a lot you know (laughs) because you're you're winning and so you're you're happy but I think that um I think that sacrifice is something that sacrificing kind of individual stats is definitely something this group is going to have to do and this might be the last year the Hawks can have all these guys uh you know we'll see Because there's definitely a lot of guys on the roster that um, might not quite get as many minutes or as touches as they want. But if it leads to wins, um, hopefully it all kind of works out in the end.
0: For sure. And I mean, the mythical everybody's healthy just kind of never happened last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that problem didn't exist. I mean, if you want to even call it a problem. But yeah, I think there's definitely a scenario where, particularly when a Kongu comes back, if they do have a, a stretch where they're actually healthy, you might look around and a guy or two that are definite rotation players in the nba just may not be playing very much because they mm-hmm. don't have the uh the minutes for them um you know before we get out of here the hawks do play in about 24 hours of recording this they play dallas at home of course the headline matchup of trey and luca but a, a bunch of a couple of good teams for sure and you know we don't know about gallo or lou they're both listed as questionable as we are recording this and i know gallo hasn't practiced in a while has lou been practicing i should i guess i should know that but i, I don't know the answer actually
1: He's been, he's been, the last few days, um, Nate has been saying that everyone has been able to really, I mean, really besides Gallo, everyone's been able to go, Um, but they've also haven't done much live work the the past few days.
0: Yeah, I know know today they kind of didn't really do much of anything, and you know, they had this, they had that weird, I don't, I, I should know this too, but. They had this f- the full week between the final preseason game and the first game. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it's such a long time. And they have this, like, they went hard a couple times, I know. But, you know, Lou didn't play in that last game. And it's it's hip soreness. I don't know what to make of that. You know, Gallo being questionable is probably a good sign that he hasn't practiced. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, reading in between, I mean, Jalen Johnson has is probably ankle soreness. That was interesting to me, too. This is more of a, uh, a diehard kind of thing. But <laughs> uh, Johnson not being listed at all in the preseason with an ankle injury that I guess he may have tweaked like the first day of camp, uh, mm-hmm. and now and now he's on the injury report for the first regular season game. Made me laugh a little bit.
1: Conspiracies,
0: just a little bit. I, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was noteworthy. I mean, he didn't play a ton preseason, uh, and he won't play a ton. Obviously, he's a, a top of conversation because he's a first round pick and a really talented guy. But I don't think he's going to play much, if at all, on Thursday. But I'm really intrigued to, I mean, to even see who how they handle the rotations and stuff. I mean, this is this is the first game. People like me in particular are like going to be furiously making notes about every rotation change. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I do hope that Gallo and Lou play, not only just to have them out there, but just to see what the team looks like because the won't be back for a while, but if Gallo and Lou play, they'll be as healthy as they've been in more than a year, basically. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Lou's another guy who it's going to be interesting to see how the Hawks use him. Just because, I mean, again, you just you just look at this roster and you're just like, how do you have minutes for all these guys? I mean, and some of it may end up being, you know, you just kind of had to look at it situationally and, and throw out who, who fits um, at the right time. But I, I definitely agree. I think that's something I'm just looking, I, I think that's something I'm just curious to see and it's just kind of like fun to think about and and fun to fun to see and just kind of to get into the, the calculus of of rotations and who fits best with who. And because it, it's it's a tall task, like Nate does not have the easiest job figuring out um, how to manage all these guys, because you've got some guys who, if they were on a different team, would maybe be playing significantly more, um, which I think is, is interesting when you think of you know long term what's going to happen with this roster, but in the meantime, you're just kind of putting out the best roster or the best the best group that will get you wins um, because the mindset is very different. Nate's even talked about this like the yeah. mindset is so different this year. It's not necessarily during an actual game. It's not necessarily about how can we get these guys to develop. Obviously, that's in the back of your mind, you know, in practice or wherever because you want you still have young guys and you want them to develop but the main goal out there is we're trying to win some games and get to the playoffs and and make noise it's not in actual games it's not so much about developing and giving guys time it's about being as as good as possible at all times
0: and it's definitely an adjustment period i mean i I know last year having hosted this podcast and written about the team the three or four previous years i had to remember how to cover a team that was trying to win every night uh mm-hmm, it, it was a little bit different. I mean, you know, not that you're still watching the games and you're making notes and all that stuff, but and that's just on the outside, but it's just a different mindset. And last year was kind of the in-between year until late. Uh you know, they were supposed to be pretty good last year and you know, Lloyd famously guaranteed the playoffs, but they weren't projected to be the 4 seed last year. They were Ooh, supposed to that be That was a
1: that a play- was a moment. yes that uh,
0: was, Yeah, that was a it feels like a that, long time ago.
1: That was a that was a moment. Feels like forever ago.
0: Hey, they, hey, they, hey, they made the playoffs. Uh, he wasn't there when they, when they made the play. Yeah, I was about to playoffs. say,
1: it, it happened in a way. <laughs> it did, it did, it did happen. happen.
0: But yeah, it's just, and, and this year's even more different because, like you said, Nate's been pretty candid. Like, the time for development is is over. Not because they don't want the guys to get better, but he's going to play, and Nate's had this reputation dating back to Indiana and even Seattle and Portland. Like, he's going to play the guys he trusts. And mm-hmm. we'll see what that looks like. I mean, I, I'm i a little bit, word's the wrong word, but he might play Solomon Hill more than people want him to play Solomon Hill. Like he, he trusts Solomon Hill. You know what I mean? Like guys like that, Nate, if he, he, he leans defense and he leans guys, he trusts. So I will have my, uh, my eye on that. That's uh that's more of my beat than yours, but I, I'll be intrigued by that.
1: Whenever, whenever Nate does that, which obviously, I mean, that's up to him. He's the coach. Um, But whenever Nate does that, I always do you do your mentions blow up whenever that happens? Because I know mine do. Like oh, whenever,
0: definitely. I mean whenever
1: uh... i whenever I'm like <laughs> like whenever just kind of out of the blue a lot of people were injured last year or whatever and, and solo would start. And I I feel like I would just prepare myself for the ratio.
0: Oh, there are always there are always a few different a few different uh hot points with the fan base, particularly on Twitter. Uh last year solo was definitely one of them um
1: yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was
0: certainly Lloyd before while Lloyd was while Lloyd was the coach he was number one by a lot uh and oh then, goodness
1: yeah and then
0: after that it became uh there was some solo there was some other stuff too I think this year solo might be another one that's like that how they handle backup point guard um Gorgie Jang I could see like it's usually supporting guys it's not usually the guys that everybody likes
1: how um, much? It, how much Cam Ruddish plays? Well, that was is my last
0: the, one. I was gonna say like their Cam Fam is uh, is always busy, and they want him to play, and they want him to start and shoot, and all that stuff. So that's well, that's going for sure.
1: I mean, Nate is the is the one who said like with Cam, it's about like getting that. It, it, I mean, Nate has gone as far as to say like it's decision making, you know, and if he can, if he yeah. can, if he can make good decisions with the ball and you know shot selection and that kind of stuff like it's tough can't like the sky's the limit with cam it's just kind of can he put all the pieces together but yeah no i always i always sometimes brace for for impact <laughs> match too when something
0: yeah we have we have similar mentions uh, uh yeah I probably answer mine way too much, and you you probably rightly uh, answer less than I do on on most of those things. I try. I, yeah. I've it's probably a good policy to not try to do what I do and answer like everything that gets asked of me on Twitter. It's a bad policy that I probably should stop. But uh, I get in the weeds, and it's just I, you know,
1: <laughs> I answer some of them because like I appreciate the passion. I mean, absolutely. Yes. I'm not I'm not mad that people care about the thing that I write about. That's like my job, you know. I'm like, okay, yeah, I appreciate the passion. Like I'll engage with that. Sometimes what I don't engage with is when people are like mad at me over who's starting. And I'm like, I I didn't, I didn't pick it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, You're not consulting with Nate on starters today, Sarah. Right.
1: Um, Right. uh, Like, let me give Nate McMillan advice. Uh, no. (laughs) Maybe
0: maybe at some point in the off season, you and I will do a podcast where we explain what your job actually is. Uh, and that that actually might be a fun uh, off season show where we talk about how, uh you're not paid to be an, an analyst or uh an opinion maker Colonist,
1: columnist or, 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 like, columnist like we have or... columnists who come to games and <laughs> write with more opinion maybe one day I'll get there but for now I try to kind of just I don't know sometimes I you do, you I'm do just your like, job okay, yeah like, exactly
0: <laughs> no uh that's uh that's definitely an off-season conversation but I I do appreciate you coming on we will do this uh more often if uh, if time allows for for you I know you'll be very busy on the road and uh the life of a beat writer traveling and not being able to fly on the team plane is uh is challenging as i know like you have a lot of like 5 a.m wake-up calls to fly back from places oh
1: my gosh i wish i was on the charter so badly like i will just wear a blindfold please but just put me on the charter um i think they i think it's kind of like teams don't really do that anymore you know anymore no
0: they don't want you to see stuff
1: they they don't want you to see stuff but i'm like oh that would be so much more convenient but i mean hey that's that's a first world problem like i'm not gonna at this point i'm so happy to be doing stuff in person that i'm like i will take the hectic schedule because i'm just so happy to be doing it again you know and getting to see stuff in person and just feeling really embedded with the team so at the end of the day like the schedule's crazy but all that kind of fades away because you're just excited to be like doing much of love again you know
0: absolutely i think we're all excited for it uh sarah people should probably already know where to find your stuff but if they don't tell them where they can
1: okay i am at sarah underscore k underscore spence on twitter and ajc.com there's a little hawk section and all the hawks content you want is, is right there um i've started doing like instagram live sometimes i have the same uh handle On instagram as I do on Twitter, just because sometimes you get a lot of questions and it's if I were to write answers to all of them, it would be like. A thousand pages long so um so i've started doing some instagram lives and I wanted to do more mailbags this season Um, yeah that's where you can find me and I think it's going to be a fun season and i'm excited to bring people lots of coverage.
0: Yeah, if you're not following Sarah and you're a Hawks fan, you're doing it wrong, go ahead and go ahead <laughs> and smash the follow button on that and subscribe to the AJC. I am a subscriber to the AJC. You, you, Yay! You, you can, I'm sure you, people can get some stuff for free, but it's better to be a subscriber. You get you get everything. So Yes. Uh, at any rate, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it, and the season will be off and running soon enough, and uh, I wish you the best on the road. You'll be busy.
1: Thank you, Brad.
0: As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast, check out Sarah's work at the AJC, and we'll see you next time.